Hello, I am Michael. I'm an improv artist trying to be a stand-up comedian, an entrepreneur, uh, and a whole bunch of other things. But most of all, I'm a TV host and I'm your host for what we call the Second Scene Podcast. It is a Dweebs Global production. That is why we do the podcast, dweebsglobal.org. You can go for free mentorship help, anything from resume writing to mental health and all in between. They have mentors across the world. It's completely confidential, completely free, dweebsglobal.org. So hello, I am here today with Lisa, whom I should have asked how to pronounce her last name, <laughs> Ludovici. Perfect. Really? I'm spot on. Wow. I never do that. Okay. Nice work. We, you can never say never again because you there did you it. Go. You did it well. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Lisa was in advertising sales, working for some of the largest media companies such as AOL, Microsoft, Time Inc. and more. After an injury, she found the healing power of hypnosis. She cured her pain and her lifelong bat battle with daily migraines. She is now helping others heal from injury, pain, and diseases by using the power of the mind through hypnosis and hypno hypnotherapy. She's the first medical hypnosis hired by the US government to work in the world's largest healthcare system, the VA. Her successful outcomes are published in the world's most cited rehabilitation journals. So, awesome. So glad to have you here. So. Yeah, nice to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. So what is, I just want to get right into it. What is hypnotherapy? How can you define hypnotherapy? The easiest way to define hypnotherapy is removing blocks, removing patterns that no longer serve us. And all those patterns and blocks live in the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is our operating system. So you can think of your subconscious mind as the software and your brain as the hardware. Our life runs on our operating system, just like your phone runs on your operating system. And three, four times a year, you're being prompted to update your operating system, update the software. How often are you being prompted to update your operating system of your, of your being? Right. We're not. And I so know it, yeah, it could definitely use some updating. It's <laughs> the subconscious mind is so strange because you can sit there and listen to it. And it, it's like, it feels like it's not a part of you at times. It's just, and it is there. you, yeah. your subconscious mind is 99% of your life. Mm -hmm. It is your thoughts, emotions, automatic behaviors, it's your feelings and it's your beliefs. So your life is based on your beliefs. Everything you believe about yourself, other people in the world around you, comes from your subconscious mind. It's a storage house of, of memory. So think of it as when we are born, it's as though somebody hits the record button, everything's in there. Actually, in utero, we're one big wide open subconscious mind. So everything that we get downloaded from mom and her, her feelings and her uh, chemicals that come out, because the chemicals come out in every thought we have go into the body and our emotions are chemical producing. We're absorbing that. It's all in there. And so when I sit, people say, well, how do I know if there's something in my subconscious mind that I would benefit from changing? And I say, look at your emotional, physical, spiritual, and intellectual life. If there's something going on that's not working so well, or you feel stuck, you feel blocked, there's something in your subconscious mind that might need some updating, might need some uh, transforming, and then that's what we do. Okay, so do you, do you pull out memories that people don't know they have, or that's not what it's about? Sometimes that happens. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, first of all, 
let's talk about hypnosis. Hypnosis is a natural altered state. People are in and out of hypnosis all day long, every day of their life. It's just, um, it's, a, it's focused awareness on one thing without effort. So when we come out of a deep sleep, when we go into a deep sleep, that's an altered state, brainwave state. That's a hypnotic state. Right. Whenever we watch TV for one minute or longer, that's an altered brainwave state. Mm -hmm. So we're being hypnotized by what we see on TV. It's called programming for a reason. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So watching a sporting event, you know, you're sitting on the couch and you're watching a football game and all of a sudden, oh, you do this. And it's like, what was that? You are so absorbed into that event. It was as though it was happening to you. Right. That's a hypnotic state. So worrying, I call self-hypnosis for something unpleasant to happen. So we're doing it all day long. Now we use that, that state, focused awareness on one thing without effort, to um, identify patterns, blocks, traumas, illnesses that um, can be changed in the subconscious mind. And we do that through hypnotherapy. And it's the therapeutic application of hypnosis. It is a way to remove blocks. It is a way to change beliefs, update beliefs. And sometimes people will go back to um, a memory, an earlier memory, and afterwards they'll say, wow, I, I, oh, I forgot about that. Or they'll say, I can't believe it was that event. It just didn't seem like such a big deal. It was that event that then created this pattern that's been interrupting my life for 60 years. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So meditation, I guess, is a form of self-hypnosis as well, because that's... You can think they're, they're very related. Mm -hmm. So meditation, um, and there are different forms, Eastern meditation, Western meditation. Mm -hmm. You could think of hypnosis as meditation with a goal because we're open to new suggestions, new ideas. So we want to create a new blueprint. And if we are focusing our attention on the, the outcomes that we desire, we're actually changing the neural pathways in our brain. It's like creating a blueprint. So the architect, makes the blueprint, right? Draws up the blueprint and gives it to the builder and the builder just reads it and says, okay, I'll build that. Doesn't say, oh, you really want the bathroom there? Just does it. So whenever somebody is doing self-hypnosis, and remember I call worrying self-hypnosis, mm -hmm. you're creating a blueprint. You're changing structures in your brain. So you wanna be uh, vigilant to what you are saying, thinking, and imagining. Okay. because it becomes the blueprint of your life and so i have i have ocd i have like rumination i have ocd of the mm -hmm. mind i don't really have it physical objects but i have repetitive thoughts you know go back see a scene in my life over and over again it could be from five minutes ago it could be from 10 years ago yeah. how would you go about helping to cure something like that is that something that hypnosis could help people come all the time with ruminating yeah. negative thoughts yeah. so 70 percent let me tell you about the number of thoughts that we have in, in a day. Research shows anywhere between 60 and 100,000, 60,000 and 100,000 thoughts all day long. I use the number 70,000 and it's somewhere, somewhere nice in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Something to land on. So 
let's say we have 70,000 thoughts all day long, 95% of those thoughts are the same thought over and over and over and over. 80% of those thoughts we dragged in from yesterday, the past, and they're usually negative. So how do we change our life? How do we create something different or new? If every day we're bringing in old, repetitive, negative thoughts of the past, well, very difficult. So learning how to use your mind is truly the only way. Your mm -hmm. mind is your software. Guess who the programmer is? You are. Right. You've been programmed from in utero all the way up till seven years old. We're one big wide open subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Whatever we see, experience, decide or accept before the age of seven, just becomes who we are. And then we, for the most part, spend the rest of our life living with that programming of a seven-year-old. So anybody you meet know that they're living on their program of a seven-year-old. So somebody does something and you don't think it's all so nice, realize that's their seven-year-old self that is yet to be healed. Okay. Yeah, so by seven, we have a very, our map is very clear about who we are in the world, our beliefs about ourselves, our beliefs about other people, and our belief about the world around us. And whatever a belief is, that's the life we live. Life just gives back to you whatever you believe. Mm -hmm. So learning how to use your mind, how to direct your mind, focus is very important. Focus is a skill. You know, I remember young, being younger and being in school and laughing and talking and getting kicked out of first grade <laughs> all the way up until computer science class at Penn State University for talking and laughing, right? And it was always at least a focus. Okay, yeah, but what does that even mean? Focus needs to be taught. It's a skill. The average adult has an eight-second attention span. Hmm. A goldfish has ten. So we have a lot of room right there. Really? How, how, does, to... how, how yeah. do people get anything accomplished? How does that even? <laughs> well, yeah. And it's actually getting um, more significant, the lack of focus, because of alarms, alerts, notifications, dings, bings, likes, all of that stuff. Um, I tell the people I work with, I suggest put your phone on silent. Instead of you being Pavlov's dog, every time you hear a bing, a ding, you run to it. Instead, you decide when you go look at it. Because here's what happens. We're interrupting thought patterns. We're shortening our attention span. Mm -hmm. So we're being conditioned. We're being trained to have a shorter attention span. When I first moved to New York uh, 16 years ago, I discovered foreign films and I used to love to go see French films at the Paris theater and the Paris theater just closed uh, maybe two years ago or more, um, sadly. And I could never find anybody that wanted to go with me. And I didn't understand why, oh, they're so boring. There's something you got to read and you got it right. And um, it dawned on me. Here's what I think 
a lot of people don't like about, or at least the people I asked to go with me didn't like. Mm -hmm. When you see what I think of as a classical French film, there's always a dinner party <laughs> scene. And there's one or two cameras and there's six people at the table and they're long takes. But you watch something American made, the edits, you've got 18 cameras, you, you know, cut to the person breathing, eye roll, talking, reacting, this, that. It's right. very quick, the editing. And that does something to the brain because you're keeping up with it. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody's sitting there and they're just watching this one camera on six people, it's uncomfortable because our brain is so used to wanting this. Right. So we are being conditioned to have a lack of focus. Right. So you got to take the control back. <laughs> so how do I do that? So if I came, if you were to teach me how to take my control back in my OCD, like what is, can I ask what that process is? Well, part of it is to um, stop doing things that are contributing to the problem. And let me explain what that means. First of all, uh, eliminate speaking in diagnostic terms. OCD is a diagnostic term. That's not something that a human experiences. Anxiety is a diagnostic term. Depression is an, a, a diagnostic term. It is not a feeling. It is not a human experience. It is a made up code so that somebody gets paid for seeing you, right? The doctor, the therapist, the so forth, right? right. So the other thing is to eliminate claiming it as yours, my OCD, right? My negative thoughts. Here's what happens. Every time we say or think my, the subconscious mind has the psychic cord that connects to it. I'll give you an example. My phone, you, me, all of us, everybody that's gonna ever see this, says my phone or thinks my phone hundreds of times a day. Where's my phone? Get my phone. Did you see my phone? I'm on my phone. Can I plug in my phone? So now the rep repetition creates the psychic cord to our phone. Do you ever walk out of your house and maybe you're just about to get into your car and you have this, oh, what it, my phone mm -hmm. and you don't even look you turn around you go back into the house there it is sitting on the kitchen counter right where mm -hmm. you left it what was that oh well your subconscious mind was helping you out because you were getting farther and farther away from your phone so there was some tension on that cord you're this isn't good get your phone well the same thing happens when we say my anxiety, my injury, my cancer, my OCD, my negative thoughts. The mind is the most powerful thing in existence. And we know this scientifically to be true because we know about the placebo effect. There are thousands of peer reviewed studies that show the mind is more powerful than pharmaceuticals. So I'm not saying you don't take the pharmaceuticals. This is just what we know. Right. So. We're the ones that are in control of our subconscious mind. We're the programmer. Now we are in our life. There might be some programming to clear up, clean up and change, but now we are. So call it my OCD, call it my cancer, call it my depression, call it my sadness, call it my insomnia. Take the pills, do the shot, do the acupuncture, do the PT, because there's nothing more powerful than your thought. You call it yours, 
your subconscious mind's gonna say, oh, and that's ours. That's my, that's my marching directions. I must do what my authority figure, yourself, mm -hmm. is thinking and saying. So it's the, how would you describe what you're calling OCD? Would you call it ruminating negative thoughts? Correct, yeah. Okay, so the negative thoughts. Right there, you take it out of a diagnosis and you take out of it claiming it's yours. So now it's a thing. Okay. They're negative thoughts. So, so part like, of the like cancer or the yeah, whatever it is. You know, most people, the majority of people never live beyond the diagnosis. They get a diagnosis, right? They tell everyone about it. They post it on their social media. They now identify with it. Mm -hmm. And then let's say they get better. So many people do. Now they put a different label. I am a, you know, cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. Well, why can't you just be healthy? Why do you still identify with the diagnosis? Because the subconscious mind takes that and says, cancer, I can do that. I do that. I do that. Whatever it hears, it does. Whatever you think, it does. It doesn't say, come on, you've been through the ringer. You're such a good person. We're going to give you everything that you dream and desire that you don't ever think and talk about. We're going to give you life better than what you're thinking and speaking and identifying with. No, you get what you put out. It's okay. energy. I think of it all as, you know, quantum physics. That's just how life is. You can't live a positive life with negative thoughts. Can't live, you know, a negative life with positive thoughts. The Mayo Clinic has done research on this. Optimists live 19% longer. They get less colds, less aches and pains and injuries. And if they do get some type of ailment, they heal faster. So there's something really to it. Right, right. No, right. it makes sense. I, I totally, I'm scientifically proven. I believe it. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's yeah, there. I love <laughs> the science. I love the science of it. And then the hip, hypnotherapy and hypnosis and the mind, there's so much science to it. Mm -hmm. Then like most everything else, there's a lot of unexplained things. So it's a balance of an art and a science, you know, the mystical thing that you can't see. However, the mind body connection, which happens in the subconscious mind mm -hmm. is science. You can't disprove it. Right. Right. Our psychology affects our physiology. Our physiology affects our psychology mm -hmm. and they're in constant communication, whether a person is aware of it or not. Right. Fear mm -hmm. is learned. Negativity is learned just like positivity is learned. We learn fear by our earliest caretakers. And a lot of it is very well-intentioned, like running um, next to the pool when we're little, you know. Don't, you're gonna fall into the water and you're gonna drown. Okay, so now the image of falling into the water and drowning just went into that young person's subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Fear learned. Right. We learn fear. So how do you unlearn? How does meditation come into helping people unlearn it or, or, yeah. or learn to control it, I guess? Well, that's where we use hypnotherapy because mm -hmm. we change the beliefs. We change the beliefs about ourselves, other people in the world. We get to perhaps where fear started and we identify it, an initial sensitizing event, and then we make the changes so that 
a new pattern, a new belief can be formed. And when we do that with hypnosis in a hypnotherapy session, the conscious mind, the analytical thinking mind isn't working on the why. The monkey mind is quieted down mm-hmm. because we don't need to know the why. Why doesn't change lives? It's how do we make these changes, right? Whenever you learned fear, um, what did you need in that event that you could have gotten through it in a more positive way or a better way? Did you need to know that you were lovable or that you were smart or you were worthy or that you know, that you were okay. What is it? It's like with trauma. What did we need in that moment that we didn't have? And because we didn't have it, now we have the trauma. And trauma is a, um, I love working with trauma. I love it because people's (laughs) lives (laughs) changed. Well, people's lives changed. I worked at the VA for four years. And they brought me in to work in neurology mm-hmm. for physical pain. And all physical chronic pain has an emotional component to it. You can't live for 50 years with chronic pain and it not affect every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you heal that, when a person heals that, every single part of their life heals and changes and it can be a one session thing i recall working with somebody Mm -hmm. who was shot in the arm in vietnam june i think 1963 and he was being rescued out of a field the rope holding on to it mm-hmm. with a gunshot wound. Now here we are, uh, 2014, and he still felt that at about a 9, 10 level every day. Oh, wow. He had about nine night tears a week. That's, can you imagine? I, no, I don't know how you keep going with something like that. I mean, that's torturous. Here, yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 bless the person that does. I mean, you want to talk about just showing up for life. So in a session, we did a process to take the intense emotion out of the memory. Say this is a memory. Let's call it a traumatic event, like being shot in war. Now here comes the emotion. Now every time something happens, that reminds that person, whether they're consciously aware of it or not, of that event, here comes the emotion. So we're constantly, a person is constantly reliving the trauma. So what we do is we take the high intense emotion out of the memory. The memory's there, there's nothing we can do about the memory. But when the memory is healed, the emotion is taken out of it through this process that we do, you can have the memory, but you no longer have the reaction. So the body holds on to memory, 75 trillion cells in the body. Every cell remembers. And we are, we have 100,000 cells 
turning over every second? Well, the new cells get their marching in, uh, orders from the environment, their other cells. So that's how trauma in the body lives on. So we do a session to take the emotional trauma out of the memory and then also take the cellular memory out of the body. And in one session, he went from usually a nine or 10, feeling it in his arm, to a two. That's, I took him sad. down to a two to a one. So it just felt like a little tingle because that's a pretty big thing to even wrap your mind around. How did I have this for 50 years and now it's zero? So we gave him a tingle. Right. So it's now just a tingle. And the night tears went away. It's it's so it's so hard to imagine uh, that working that easily and that quickly. It's, you know, because I know what's like to have a sleep for so long. I couldn't imagine waking up tomorrow and not having it. It would just. Uh, yeah. yeah. Changes lives. Our life happens in our subconscious mind. And if you're not addressing the subconscious mind, you're not addressing the root of the problem. Most of the things we have to offer are symptom control. Mm -hmm. Symptoms come from a root problem. You heal the root, you heal the trauma at the core, at the initial sensitizing event, the event that occurred. You heal that, then you heal the symptoms. And so now you're sleeping, you're mm -hmm. healing. Your body says, oh, all those things that I have been doing. Now my body says, yes, because I'm not living in fight or flight of the trauma. Okay. Right. I think, tell me if I'm wrong. I think some people are afraid of hypnosis because mm -hmm. I'll back up. I, I love comedy and I love hypnosis yeah. comedy. I think it's awesome. But I think that gives people a fear of hypnosis because it makes it look mm -hmm. like hypnosis is powerful in a different way than it is. Yeah. Yeah. So the media did not do us any favors mm -hmm. because, oops, you know what we don't want you to know? We don't want you to know that you're the one in control of the most powerful thing in existence, your mind. Because if you use your mind the way that you can, no more fear, no more control. You have a sense of self. You have a different outlook on the world. You feel mm -hmm. better about yourself, other people in the world around you. People who live with fear, which is programmed into us, they're really good consumers. Right. They like to buy, mm -hmm. to feel better. Well, if I get this, I'll feel better. If I get do this, I'll be worthy. If I do this, I'll be lovable. If I do this, I'll be successful. No, you might look successful, but that doesn't change, right? Mm -hmm. So um, media didn't do the profession any favors. And the reason why people are afraid of it is because they are not properly informed. That's all it is. It's a it's an education issue. Hypnosis. Yeah, well, they, mm -hmm. it, I mean, they see people under complete control from mm -hmm. this hypnosis. I mean, you watch Oprah, you watch these other daytime talk shows, and they have a hypnosis come on, and they appear to have like complete control over these people yeah. that are doing these crazy things on the stage. And I no. know that that that's not. I've I've read quite a bit of hypnosis, and I know mm -hmm. that that's not. That's not true. Real. That's yeah. people <laughs> allowing themselves to do these things for. That's right. Mm -hmm. So. There's a way without giving it up and uh, ruining it for maybe people who do make their money on cruise ships doing stage hypnosis, because it certainly is entertaining. 
It is. It's very. <laughs> There's a way to assess and pick who's mm -hmm. coming on stage, eye movements, what's happening. You can just see it. You know, we're trained mm -hmm. to see it. And so the same thing happens when I'm working with somebody. I can see if they are open to it. I mean, if for me, it's a little bit different because somebody's authority figure, their doctor is saying, go see Lisa, she'll help you. And so they're already like, let's do this. I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So there's that. Now, nobody can control another person without their permission. So people will say to me, um, it happened more uh, outside of private practice for the reasons that I said, you know, doctors referring to me, where mm -hmm. people say, well, you know, you, I don't know. We'll see. I'm a little skeptical. You can't control me. And I'm like, you're right. I can't. My job is to control myself. And that's a 24 seven job for the rest of my life. I, I can't control me and you. Okay. Um, but remind me why you're here. Well, I've had migraines for 20 years. Well, I haven't slept in three years. Well, I have chronic pain that no doctor on the East Coast has been able to help me. Oh, it does not sound like you're in control. How about if we put you back into control? Because that's what hypnosis does. It frees you from these patterns that are in control of you. Now, hypnosis is the original form of healthcare. The Egyptian civilization the first um, civilization, human civilization. They used hypnosis as medicine. They had sleep caves. They were just dark caves. They called them sleep temples, actually. And the priests and the priestesses that ran the villages ran the sleep temples. So people would bring their friends and cave mates and family to the sleep temples in all different sorts of pain and delirium and illnesses. Because when somebody's in pain, emotional or physical, they're in a hypnotic state. Hypnosis is focused thing on one, focused awareness on one thing without effort. So if you're like, oh, ow, 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 you're focused on this, right? Or you're focused on the negative thought. So people would come, they'd come to the sleep temples and it was a dark cave and they're already in a hypnotic state. And the priests and the priestesses would whisper healing thoughts into their ears and they would get better. That's the original form of medicine in the first civilization of human beings. They used hypnosis on the battlefields of World War II whenever they ran out of anesthesia. Oh, wow. And so when they had to take care of the soldiers and it meant performing some type of procedure in the field, perhaps it was removing a limb so that they could get the person out of there and save their life, they used hypnosis as anesthesia mm -hmm. and save their lives because they didn't, you know. So um, it is very deeply uh, saturated into the medical community from long ago. It fell out of favor whenever uh, the advent of anesthesia came on the scene. Okay. That's whenever things kind of shifted and turned. Gotcha. Yeah, my friend, uh, very into meditation and very into focus. And he had his colonoscopy without any anesthesia or anything yeah. because of his ability to focus and control his mind. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't and imagine. So I just, I remember opening my, mouth, opening my mouth to scream so they could give me more anesthesia. So, yeah, we get 
we get whatever we focus on, you know? I do, I just did uh, this for um, two clients last week, creating a medical hypnosis audio that they used during surgery so that they healed faster and, you know, less pain, they need less medication, less anesthesia. And there's over 200 studies that show how hypnosis and hypnotherapy is a benefit to somebody's surgery before, during, and after. Oh. Saves a lot of money and it, the body needs, these studies show almost 50% less pain medication, 50% less anesthesia. So it's amazing. Wow. It's a very powerful, powerful tool. And when I say it, I'm not talking about hypnosis. It is the mind because the subconscious mind is where all the automatic functions of the body live. It's also mm -hmm. where our beliefs, our emotions, our memories, our perceptions live. That's the mind-body connection. That's why our thoughts affect what's happening in our body. Mm -hmm. Well, you gotta go to where it happens and that's in the subconscious mind. You have to work at that level to heal. Right, um, that sounds great. I'm gonna definitely look it up afterwards because um, yeah, I've tried everything else. So I'm, I'm sure you get a lot of people yeah. that are in that position where they feel like they've tried everything else and. I am not the first choice, right? <laughs> People do not come to me and say, you know, I was thinking about going to my doctor, but I'm coming to you instead. They say, this has been going on for 50 years. This has been going on for 20 years. You know, I, I, my story is that I had uh, migraines for 40 years. And the reason why, I, you know, I'm out of corporate America, which was a wonderful career and doing what I do, dedicating my life to helping people in this way is because of the healing I had. I was diagnosed with migraines, chronic migraines at the age of three. And every month for 40 years, I had an average of 20 migraines a month. There was no doctor. There was no acupuncture. There was, I did everything I thought to do, Eastern, Western, and all points in between. And it was when I went to hypnotherapy school, my ninth day in, I was sitting there at my desk and the director came over and said, what's going on? I said, oh, nothing. I just have a migraine because that was very normal for me. I didn't know anything, but, and so she took me into her office and did a nine minute guided hypnosis session to help through metaphors, ameliorate the discomfort. So when our body is functioning the way it was created or designed to, we are healthy. We don't feel discomfort. And then we got interrupted because class was starting up and our morning break was over. So we went back to class and then I hired my own hypnotherapist who is a university professor um, in Albuquerque. And she was also a graduate of the class of the school. So I hired her and I did, I was there for 10 weeks and I did a session with her every single week. We did practice sessions with our fellow students, which were real sessions. We were in group hypnosis three, four, five times a week. I was in hypnosis for three and a half months. Well, that day was the last day I ever had a migraine. So I have gone this February, we'll say it this way, this February is 12 years. So right now I'm over 11 and a half years, 100% migraine free. I don't get headaches. I never got headaches. I got migraines. And so all the things that were triggers, certain foods, every single time I stepped onto an airplane, um, weather, smells, stress, I was in a migraine. 
And so they've completely gone. Every part of my life has changed, every part. And so I know what's possible because I live it. I never thought that this could be the life I live. And this is how I felt about myself and about um, how I feel in my body. And so I know what's possible for the person who walks in my door. Uh, do, do you have to do anything to keep the migraines away? Is there anything you have to continually do to work on it or? Um, no. So I practice what I teach. Mm -hmm. I do self-hypnosis every day. I do my own. Um, I also have a meditation practice. Uh, Vipassana is the meditation that I use. And again, v meditation and hypnosis are not identical. They're kind of kissing cousins in a way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have my own practices. I have my own mentors. I have my own practitioners that I work with. Um, so I don't work on the issue of migraines. Right. That's gone. I healed that in the hypnotherapy in hypnotherapy sessions. That's gone. That's not coming back because the root cause was healed. So it's not coming back. I'm a completely different person than that person that had migraines for 40 years. I healed that. That's what's possible with hypnotherapy. Okay. Uh, sounds amazing. How can people find you? Oh, thank you. They can go to my website, lisaludovici.com. If that's not uh, a name that is so easy to spell, you can go to um, hypnosiswithlisa.com and contact me that way. Okay. And you can find my number, my email. Um, I do consultations with people for a 20-minute complimentary consultation, answer questions, see if we're a fit, um, and then go from there. I work with people all over the world. I um, have been doing virtual sessions since 2012. Those are the days I was doing them over Skype. And then by the time the world changed in March 2020, mm -hmm. I'd say about 35% of the sessions I did were already virtual. 35% of my sessions, um, I have an international clientele. And so obviously using Zoom was a great way to do that. So um, I do it both in person and virtually. Okay. Um, we will definitely post the link to your website Thank uh, you. Underneath the podcast, yeah, of course, and underneath uh, the video. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, it's it's awesome that you're helping so many people. It's, thank you. That's yeah, that's great. I love people out there helping, helping, helping people that need it. So thank you yeah. very much for all that you do. Thank you, and thank you for bringing this platform to allow me to talk about it. Um, that is how I would imagine you're helping people is to have people on and talk about what they're doing in the world and so that more people make connections more people can understand what's available to them in life because they're hearing other people's stories you know i've watched your interviews that you've done and and there's something to learn from everybody so thank I you I, for that. I enjoy doing them and yeah it's, it's opened my world it. up to the possibilities and and what's out there and yeah thank you again for being yeah. here i'm gonna thank close. you I'm going to close out with this again as a Dweebs Global production, dweebsglobal.org. Please go there if you need uh, any, if you need a mentor for anything from resume writing to mental health, they're there to help completely confidential and completely free.